Hello and welcome to Rolling for Loot. I'm your host, Shakti. And I'm your other host, Timotep, and this is episode 13. Welcome to the Battle of the Stars. Dun, 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 dun. Should we get some epic music? We probably could. Wait, isn't that Superman? Is it? <laughs> no. I don't know. I have no It idea. sounds like it the way I sing it, I'm but sure. We should, well, that you know what? That ambivalence will save us a lawsuit, so that's There that's you go. Awesome. There you go. So, no, seriously, we're going to talk about star-themed games today. Specifically, we're going to talk about Star Trek Online and Star Wars The Old Republic, or SORTOR, as I've had it often called. Uh, and... At the end of the show, before we wrap it all up, we're going to give you a couple of new releases to look forward to coming up in September. There's really only one that we need to worry about, but we'll give you a couple others just to, you know. Just to round it out and to sound fair? Exactly. We're pretending. Yes. <laughs> we don't actually have a bias on this podcast. <laughs> well, I mean, at the end of the day, we are gamers and role players. Yes. Uh, <laughs> we are doing the role-playing thing. Yes. That's right. We're, we're, yeah, we're role-playing a podcast, gaming podcast. That's what <laughs> well, you are anyways. So. Do we get experience points? Yes, I'm going to level up here in a minute. Oh, okay. <laughs> Thirteen. Ding! <laughs> I'm now epic. Yay! All right. Raid, I'm going to be a raid boss next week. <laughs> okay. Uh, all right, As so Billy talks too much. Oh, you went there. You party totally has to gag did. you to get you down. Wounded me right to the quick. No, there's going to be a special lever on the side that makes a soundproofing in the room. So. Oh, okay. And then everybody will get their special attacks, and then I'll enrage. Yeah. But it'll be a short enrage. Right. Quick, go pull the lever again. Rinse, repeat. Rinse, repeat. <laughs> Rinse, repeat. All right. Tank Enough of that. Did tanks have to trade taunts? And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who gets the yelling this time? That's right. Catch a full blast. It's a cone attack in front. <laughs> All right. We're, we're done with that. <laughs> that was entirely that. too silly. And I got to tell you, honestly, there's like six people in the whole world who would actually get the joke between you and I with that one. No. Most, most people, not the, real, not the real good joke. Anyways, so moving along. <laughs> I'm getting the hand signal. Rolling along, hand signal here. (laughs) We're going to start with our first topic is Star Trek Online. Uh, Star Trek Online was released by Cryptic Studios in February of 2010. Now, wait, I know what you're asking yourself. There's more? But Himotep, Shakti, why are you reviewing a game that's two and a half years old? And I'll tell you, good listener, because in January of this year, it became free to play. That's right. Say it with me. Free. Uh, and free is always good. So we started to try it, and now we're reviewing it. So yeah. so we're almost I, like nine months behind the curve. We're, we're a little like, bit behind, know. but hey, we just got started. Give us a break. Thirteen yeah. episodes. Thirteen. Yeah. The number of moons Still. in this season. Ah, thirteen. Anyways. <laughs> it's a quote. It's a line from one of my favorite movies. You should know what that one is. I'm going to choose to ignore that little bit and we're going to move right on <laughs> oh now i'm getting the hand i'm getting yes hand <laughs> moving there along are. there you are uh so a basic rundown of the game star trek online a massive multiplayer online role-playing game mmorpg it is set in the 25th century 
based on Star Trek series created by Gene Roddenberry. It is 30 years after the event of Star Trek Nemesis, if you're familiar with that movie. I'm going to have to watch it again to find out. We're going to have to just to, to get, uh, just get the, the, the hint of it. But yeah. um, the Star Trek Nemesis uh, was um, – I'm just looking at it here. It, it was the last one of all the films to have the next generation – television cast in a film oh okay so last of that crew all right now i gotta think i gotta think back in context now to those movies because yeah, i that was go ahead i the most recent star trek movies i've seen were the ones with the original cast so i now yeah, think because we, we kind of watched them out of i have been have been on a let's look at all the films in a series thing and we recently started watching the original motion picture series for the original Star Trek series. Right. And the next series that we watch is going to be... We're going to have to watch the Next Generation crew now, just to yeah. get it in context. And then after that, we're going to watch probably some other series. Maybe we'll watch something really dramatic and epic, like Lethal Weapon or something. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <clears throat> anyway, so... <laughs> so that's where the timeline is in context. There is a... Yes. There is a... Uh, the, the, the game... I'm not even going to bother to go into the movie. If you want to know how the movie works, you can look it up if you haven't seen it already. It's not based on the movie that came out in, in 2009. No. That's important because there was some confusion, myself included, that the game picks up where that other movie left off. It does not. Okay? So that's that's the um, sort of the... the Disclaimer: the The Star Trek film from 2009 is considered by many people to be a Star Trek reboot. It uses a concept called retcon, which is retroactive continuity. So it changes things in its storytelling that retroactively changes the historical mythology of the setting. And the Star Trek Online game does not follow that alternate dimension set forward by that new game, that new movie. So if everybody followed that, then there you are. So um, the easiest way to, to, to visualize the game is you start off as a junior officer in the Starfleet, and you progress your way up to Emperor of the Universe. Yeah, Savior of the uh, Universe. This is savior of the Universe, Emperor of the Universe. It's all the same at that if level. You're, if you're, when, you're, when you're at that level, people call you whatever you want. Just call me Jim. Yeah. Uh, anyways, <laughs> um, the, there's... There's some storyline in here. There is some uh, role-playing in here. There is a little bit of everything in here. It's a fairly well-made game um, as, far as, as far as I'm concerned. Yes, thank you for adding that. I'll add my comments I know afterwards. That, I know that uh, the Star Trek hater is going to want to have... I'm not a Star Trek hater. I'm going to put that out there right here, right now. I am not a hater of Star Trek. On the contrary. <laughs> I quite yeah. I'm not like a hardcore Trekkie. Nobody calls him Trekkie. It's Trekker. Trekker. See? I'm not one of them, so what would I know? But I do really enjoy Star Trek. Um, in fact, it has one of the, I think it was Generations, was the one that was the introduction to cosplay for me, where I actually went out in public and saw people dressed up as these characters characters and stuff, and it was weird. There were actually Klingons in the movie theater sitting like, beside me cheering for data when he got his emotion chip and you know <laughs> all of that but anyway 
I myself have not led such a sheltered life and have experienced that. Yeah, well. When it came out. So. Yeah, I did uh, not. So anyway, um, Star Trek, I, I really enjoy it. And this game. Let well, you down. It it did. Okay. So did. <laughs> that little foreshadowing tidbit coming up when, when Shakti does her little bit. So before we get to that, I'll do my little bit. Um, I gave, I'll give this. Right off the bat, I'll set my out of ten rating because I've I, I know previously I've used an out of five rating. I've decided to go to out of ten because it gives me a little bit more sort of flexibility. Thanks for telling so, me that you know that's production information that probably should be in, included in. Why you've never done it before? No. Well then, what should you still tell me? I told you I'd send you a copy of the script, and you never did. And then you didn't want it. You never <clears> sent it to me. I'm going to give this one about a seven out of ten, average score seven out of ten. Uh, the qualifier on that being that I have not paid for any of the features in the game that are available, so I can't judge what that might add to the game if it had been part of the game. If it was all part of the game, if this were a paid version of the game and I were uh, paying for it, I would score this one a little bit more critically, I think. So part of the reason I think it scores as well as it does is because it is free to play. There is no cost involved. There is stuff you can do with real money. You can purchase thing, game currency to unlock certain benefits in the game. Like, I think there's vanity items, and I'm not entirely sure what else there is, honestly. Um, um, there are vanity items there. Sorry? I wasn't interested in any of the purchasable, purchasable things, so I didn't There know. are additional races that, that can be played. Um, the The playable races are exclusive to either the the Federation of Planets or the Klingon Empire, which are the two opposing factions in this uh, in this game. There are a few exceptions that are purchasable. Um, there's a list of, of them, but uh, such as Liberated Borg are playable by both factions. Um, Liberated Borg, okay. Yeah, <clears throat> so if you were part of the Borg and then you were liberated from the Borg, now you're like... Seven of nine, or one gotcha. of those other, and so now you're part of the Federation, or you're part of the Klingon Empire. Um, the Ferengi. There are Klingons in the Federation that are that are purchasable races that can be that can be played. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, like I said, there's two, four, six, eight races that can be purchased for play for the Federation, and there are two additional races that can be purchased for the Klingon Empire. Uh, The Klingon Empire is not playable until you get a character to level 25, and that unlocks the Klingon side of things. Uh, Additional player slots are purchasable using either in-game money, which you accumulate, or using real money, which you then use to purchase in-game money and then purchase the additional slots. Um... What else is there? Generally speaking, there are um, veteran awards. Uh, obviously, anybody who's listening to this has never played the game is not eligible for a veteran's award. But the veteran's awards give people additional perks and titles and vanity items and things like that that um, is based on your total paid subscription times. So uh, every 100 days, it's done in 100-day increments, and it does not it does not count days in which the account is inactive. And uh, 
they have a lifetime player level where you pay one price. I think it was $250, and you were a lifetime member. You never paid again, and they got they get additional things, uh, which That's is called the loyalty program. Uh, now, I'm not even sure if the loyalty program based on lifetime membership is still available or not, uh, nor have I uh, actually gone to find any of the prices associated with the play uh, correction pay prices. I have not researched that um, primarily because I'm just really I'm just really not that uh, not that. Um, it's totally free to play. The entire game is open. You can play to everything for free. There's yeah. there's a few extras that it's you all optional stuff. get, uh, but it doesn't it doesn't limit you from things. It's not like you'll never captain your own ship if you don't <laughs> buy the game. You'll never you know participate in in space fleets. You'll never get to start your own fleet or anything like that. You can do all of it. It might take you longer to do it on the free-to-play, but there's no reason to it. Um, uh, additionally, I believe that it was announced later this year, either late September or early October, uh, Cryptic Studios is um, announcing or planning to uh, uh, un- uh, to um, increase the uh, the level cap on the game, and that's going to apply to the free to free to play. The whole game is based on a free to play uh, model. Other games that have partial free to play teaser bits, for example, World of Warcraft, has a cap on a, a level that you can get to. Has a restriction on what you can do in game based on the fact that you're playing a free account. Star Trek Online does not have that. What Star Trek Online says is, here's the whole game world. Bam. And it's free. And if you want to access additional things that will not overall, they don't really change the game. If I look like a Vulcan or I look like a Ferengi, I'm still doing the same things. But it gives you that extra vanity item, that extra vanity level. And that's really what you're you're getting for your subscription fee, which is approximately 15 bucks a month, give or take. Now, I don't know if they have price breaks for multi-month subscriptions and things like that. I didn't bother to look into that. Mm-hmm. I'm not interested in paying for the game. The game is fine for free, in my opinion. So let's get to the pros and cons for me. Uh, it was lots of fun. I enjoyed it. Um, that's a big a big pro. Um, you really felt, I really felt anyways, like you were part of Starfleet. At the start of the game, you're a very junior officer, and you don't really know what's going on, and somebody pops up and says, hey, Ensign, Go and do that, and off you go, and you follow instructions. Um, the uh, interface—I have more to talk about later—but the interface is movable. It's easily customizable. You can move things around as you understand what each of the elements of the user interface are. You can put them where they make sense for you. It's really easy to do. Um, it's probably the easiest of all of the games I've ever played. This one has the easiest customization for the uh, user interface. Um, the missions, fairly straightforward in the early half of the game anyways. Uh, I mean, I'm only at, I think I'm at level 9 or level 10. Um, overall, level 9 or 10, I'm Lieutenant 7 in the game right now, so uh, not sure exactly what level that makes me, but uh, mm-hmm. anyways, because it's it's your Lieutenant and then your Lieutenant Commander 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, and then 
commander, one, two, three, four, five, six, yeah. seven, eight, and then all the way up. All the way up. So there are 50 levels or 60 levels in the game, and you can get to all the way to the top with it, and that's pretty cool in my opinion. <clears throat> Spock, that's one of the that's a that's a pro as far as I'm because because <laughs> it's Spock. Uh, <laughs> Please expound get, on that one. I'm getting a funny look. Let me elaborate. Uh, throughout the entire game, um, Leonard Nimoy does voiceover as yeah. Ambassador Spock in the game. So it's very cool. When you enter a new zone, when you get missions, when you get exploration items, when you ding, when you ding, you go up a level. Congratulations, Lieutenant. Um, Except he says lieutenant. Oh, lieutenant. That's right. Sorry, that was my accent coming out there yeah. for you who don't know. You Anyways, you Canucks. <laughs> Melee. Um, anyways, there's another voice in there that some people will recognize. <laughs> Holy random, Batman. Okay. There's a, another voice in there that you may recognize if you're a fan of the of the uh, of the. Milu, if you're a fan of Star Trek at all, the there's a computer system dialogue voiced by a Magil Barrett impersonator. Would have been it's cool not, to have her. Yeah, it's not actually her. How great it would have been to tie Gene yeah. Roddenberry's legacy from 1962 to yeah. 2012. I, I just think – and there's a guy who would be logged into this game nonstop. You think? I think he would. I really think that he would really, he would really go for this game. I really yeah. think he would. That's yeah. my that's my statement. All right. Hope it doesn't offend anyone. <laughs> he would enjoy the game. Um, so some of the cons for the game: you only get one character slot unless you spend some money, or unless you spend time playing the game to earn in-game credits to buy two more slots, and they're sold in pairs. Now, I have, as I said, I have not reached a level in-game where I've unlocked the Klingon side of things. So I don't know if when you reach that level, you automatically get a Federation slot for a Federation character and a Klingon slot for a Klingon character, or whether you got one slot, that's it, that's all. I don't know. But that's that's a big beef. If you have to delete your character every time you want to start a new one because you want to things... That can be problematic for me. Um, so I mentioned that the user interface was movable and easily customizable and probably the best uh, for that. However, it's really crowded. <laughs> there is a ton of information in the user interface for players to, to get overwhelmed by, particularly if you've never played a game like this. Um, and really, to me, this is more a first-person shooter than an MMORPG because you sit in the cockpit of your ship. You see a your your HUD, basically, and you navigate everything through that. There is a very large first-person shooter component, and it's really more a third-person shooter component. Ah, I see what you did there. I did there. That was for Shocky. Yeah, thanks. Uh, <laughs> there's a third-person component to the game, which I enjoyed. Um, but there's an awful lot of information there, and until you really get comfortable with what every little bit of flashing light is telling you, it can be a little overwhelming. Uh, and the keyboard, uh, the the key the keyboard shortcuts, easy to forget. Wow, <laughs> e- 
get uh, any sort of absence at all. And I confess I have been away from the game for probably two months or two and a half months. I had to reinstall it, in fact, um, to, because I, we were going to podcast and I wanted to refresh myself. Uh, it's easy to forget to play. And I, I had a crash course because I logged into the game in unknown space. And then I went, oh, explore space detected anomaly, moved toward it, got attacked by five ships. Uh, <laughs> subsequently was blown up and had to wait for respawn. So that was really not cool. Uh, and yet, even in the midst of all of that, it was cool. What am I out? I'm out an extra two minutes of, of the day, and I didn't lose anything. Also a positive for that. So um, one of the other uh, cons for this game that I've noticed is that it's kind of boring if you don't belong to a fleet. And a fleet in this game would equate to a guild uh, or a clan or something like that. Uh, and that's just to provide that social interaction to do things together with. It is called a massively multiplayer online game. And if you're playing it all by your onesies, you should buy a console. <laughs> I was actually on my list as well. but I'll... To buy a console? No. <laughs> that objective has been unlocked. Um, yes. <laughs> I've leveled up. Yay. Why do they call them toast? Toast? I don't know. I don't know why it's called a toast. Anyways, uh, PvP sucks in this game. It sucks. It sucks so badly that even the developers of the game have admitted that it sucks, and they are currently trying to decide whether they're going to fix it or remove it from the game entirely, and they're kind of on the fence about that. And um, there was a, a article that I read from an interview done with the one of the developers from Cryptic Studios, who is the only de developer currently working on PvP. So he has a long-term plan to try and fix things, but he's not sure how the player base is going to handle it. So. I can tell you how they can fix it. Right off the start, let people choose whether or not they want to be part of the Klingons or part of the Federation. PvP. Pay. Right from the start. Melee. That's how they can fix it. Instead uh, of letting, making us wait 25 levels, and then you get to be the opposite faction? No. That, again, that I think that question may have been answered by if we had been playing since, you know, January of 2011 or March of 2010, where we had to buy the game and unlock everything because you bought the game, you can choose either side. It just should be available right from the start if they're going to do it. Well, leveling up isn't hard, and I would I dare say that, you know, leveling to 25 is a great way to really figure out how to play the game. Yeah, but then you're learning it all over again when you're playing the opposite faction. The controls are exactly the same. The differences are the terminology and the faces that appear when they give you missions. I mean, I, I don't see it as being any different. Uh, again, Alliance and Horde, really, at the end of the day... Are the game controls different? Did you have to relearn the game to play Alliance after you played Horde? Probably. No. Because I'd have to get brainwashed to play Alliance. Oh, I went there. What? Oh. Why? Nasty one today. <laughs> wow. Fire girl burning them all up all over. Oh. I'm sorry, Alliance. I love you. I really do. That's right. You give her targets. Anyways. I'm role-playing. Don't worry. That's right. <laughs> That's the real shockies coming through right yeah. now. 
Now that the listeners know me, I feel comfortable exposing my true self. (laughs) No, no, put it away. Um, I need an adult. Anyways. (laughs) Um, So... There is another element to the game where you do a random mission with other players, which is called the PvE portion of the game. Since the whole game is basically PvE, I think that the labeling is a little bit misleading. However, it's more in the nature of a dungeon finder. Uh, They have a PvP finder, so you can engage in random PvP with people, and that's sort of like a battleground finder um, matching service in the game. I haven't tried the missions, the PvE missions yet, and the PvP sucks. Did I mention how bad the PvP is? Yeah, you mentioned. I'll get back to it later, and maybe we'll talk about how bad it is. Um, overall, though, I'm going to give this about a 7 out of 10. Because it's free, I'm giving it a 7 out of 10. The graphics, ah, we're not setting any records with the graphics in this game. But then, no. you know what? Most MMORPGs that have a, a quick motion to them, that have a fluid pace, they don't have really super great high high end graphics, and and as I've mentioned in previous podcasts, that works for me. I'm not playing the games because they're pretty. I'm playing the games because they're a good game to play. This game has enough um, complexity to it to keep me coming back for an awful long time before I ever need to roll a second tune. Um, the difficulties that I'm having with the game, I think will be sort of smoothed over the more I play it. And part of the difficulty I'm having is a lack of familiarity. It's not a third person flying around, sucking the life out of people. It's not the golf game, which I've become very fond of over the last little bit. It's not um, World of Warcraft. It's not Shogun 2. It's pretty much, it is what it is. The reason I started playing this game in the first place, I'll tell everybody a little bit of backstory, is because of another space-based game, uh, EVE Online. It's a really great game. It's a total player-driven economy. It's a total PvP game. What I liked about the game, I really liked. What I didn't like about the game, I stopped playing. This game is a simplified, friendlier PvE version, in my opinion. Of that game. It doesn't have the same uh, involved level of um, um, currency, um, not currency, economics. It doesn't have the same economic model that the other one. He's looking to me for help like I would know. Oh, I have my eyes closed. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, (laughs) they're closed. Um, I'm trying to visualize, but I can't see anything. Anyways... Uh, it, that was actually why I started playing Star Trek Online. It came up as a free-to-play, and I like free because free is a word that I don't hear often enough in my life. And uh, anything that's free can't be a horrible because it's free. Yes, it can. White statement because I have a game that is horror bad, and it was free. <laughs> so, anyways, that's basically it. And then everything else is just nuances of play. Mm-hmm. What like to do. If you like to spend hours customizing the look of your character, you can do that with this game within reason. You can develop outfits and you can wear your off-duty outfits when you're not on the bridge at those little soirees and other gatherings. You have your costumes that you can choose in the the game and 
there's a whole range of costumes available. And if you have spent the time in-game to earn the in-game credits, you can unlock and pay for these other costumes. And they are, for example, Star Trek The Original Series costumes. Uh, they are the Next Generation costumes. They are uh, Deep Space Nine costumes. And then there's other Ferengi and... Uh, whatever the other races are, Bajoran and, and Saurian and Vulcan and whatever. And and that's that can be fun. You might enjoy that. There is the opportunity to role play in the game, interacting with the other players in the in the various uh locales where people congregate, space stations and, and what have you. And uh so if that is your cup of tea, then this also has that in it uh as well. But really the meat and, and potatoes of this game is being the captain of your own ship and boldly going where no one has gone for at least 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. Well, I do not give it quite so high reviews. I really wanted to like this game. I really did because I think Star Trek as an MMORPG would be fan freaking tastic if it was done correctly. Um, I don't think this one was done correctly. <laughs> right, honestly. I don't, right from the very start, I was ready to just pack it up, shut the game off, shut off my computer, and go to bed as soon as I saw that I was not able to roll a um, Klingon board right from the start. (laughs) Um, I thought, well, maybe if I can't be Klingon, I could be Cardassian. No, Romulan. No, I can't be any of the bad guys. I have to be Federation. And that did, I didn't like that. Now, in fairness, I, I would like to just point out Romulans aren't even in the game as a playable race. They I should be. You freaking blew up their planet. That's the opening sequence. I just. This but, is the reason why there is a war. But that's why they're not playable, because there's only 11 of them left. <laughs> and I want to be one of so. those 11. <laughs> anyway, uh, uh, that... If there's, any, if there's any Cardassians out there, I apologize. I, <laughs> I mean to be offensive on that one, so. I think it was the Romulans you were being... Or the Rom- Can I just... Okay, so... All right. Remus and Romulus are the two planets that got blown up. Okay? This is the opening story when you when you launch the game. Spock shows up and he says, Okay, so there's here's his backstory. I was ambassador to Romulus and I was trying to help them out because their planet was going to blow up. And except that I failed and the planet blew up early and now... The Romulans are blaming me, and so now you have to go out and, you know, cover my ass and save the universe. Fix it for me. Yes. Anyway, so in this explanation, the Romulans' planets are Remus and Romulus. This is correct, yes? Remus and Romulus? Is this the English translation of their planet names? Or the Klingon translations? I don't know. You're looking at why me, why would an alien race have Roman names for their planets? Well, because everyone knows that that mythology is Romulan. Hence the name Romulan. So the Romulans actually took over Rome like yeah, well, 3,000 years that, ago? Didn't, didn't you know that Shakespeare was a Klingon? Oh, well, no. Yeah, I missed that's that actually, episode of Doctor Who. That's actually one of the episodes of the movies where they're quoting Shakespeare and the guy says, yes. Oh, yes, I remember it's, that. It says, true now as it was when he wrote it back on Klingon. <laughs> you never really read it until you've read it in the original Klingon. Yeah, yeah. That's one of the running jokes in the in the game universe. Is anyway. Every race out there claims all these great literary histories as their own. Like, yeah. Oh, that's, that's ours. That was okay. us. Did that. 
Anyway, that has nothing to do with the game. I was just, you know, about She was on a rant. I found it funny. And it's probably (laughs) the entire lore system of Star Trek. But anyway, but I do like Star Trek. I just was upset I wasn't able to play Klingon. So anyway. Really, I, ladies and gentlemen, listeners of all ages, everything else that follows, every other negative thing that she has to say about this game is based on the fact that she couldn't be Klingon at this point. I want that to be perfectly clear and on the record that if they had let her be Klingon at the start, that would have earned them an extra two points in the rating for whatever scale she's using. I'm just saying. Tell me that your rating isn't weighted by the fact that you're a trekker. I admitted that at the beginning. And despite the fact that I'm a trekker and despite the fact that it's, it's, you know, I don't get to play Klingon either because I want it to be Klingon too. (laughs) Come on, I'm a hoardy in every culture. Doesn't matter. Uh, I still only gave it a 7 out of 10. But I rated it based on what I could do, not because of what they didn't allow me to do. Yeah, okay. I'm just saying. I did decide to give the game a fair chance and overlook the fact that I could. There was no fair chance given. Would you just let me finish? You're You're being very difficult today. You're being being difficult. You're, you're being everywhere. <laughs> you're getting what you pay for. You started this war. Stop talking. You started it. I'm pulling the lever. I'm pulling the lever. No! Don't pull! <laughs> Thank you. Lever's down. <laughs> okay. Anyway. I'm back. I've totally lost my train of thought now. So, oh, I did give this game a fair chance. I decided to overlook that whole anti-Klingon sentiment that this game has and said, you know what, it's still a Star Trek game. And Star Trek, if nothing else, has always followed the captain that saves the universe. Always. Yes, there's other players in the universe. It's not the captain. And the captain is really the only person in the universe who's important. As long as the captain lives, everything else is good. That's how Star Trek works. So I said, okay, fine. I'll play my stupid captain. And rolled like a what are those sidekick ones? Um, Betazoids. Betazoid, that's right. I'm a Betazoid ensign. So anyway, I did the whole thing. The tutorial, to me, was unnecessarily overwhelming, I think is the word that I'm looking for. It It just was far too much information in that tutorial than there needed to be to play the game. Because as soon as I got past that tutorial... The game got a lot better. Had I based the entirety of the game on the tutorial, I would not be playing it at all because it just was confusing. The ship maneuvering was, it just did not make any sense to me whatsoever. But getting past that tutorial and actually getting into missions, it got a lot better, a lot easier. My ship actually moved at a speed faster than the turtle, which was nice. Um, It gave me the shortcut keys to move my ship. Which, why they couldn't give that to me in the tutorial, I have no idea. Actually, I, I think they do, but... Well, maybe it was just buried in all that mass of other information. There's a ton of information given on the tutorials, and it's hard to know what to pay attention to and what to... It was crazy. ...loss over. It was crazy. One of the other things that I've had an issue with now that we're talking is uh, recalling when there's a pop-up and they're talking to you and you're in the middle of doing something else. If you close that window... How do you get it back? I had a hard time getting some of that data back. Yeah. 
I, I've had that with other games, and I've just learned to keep the windows open and yeah. finish what I'm doing and then go to the next window because I have no idea. I had the same thing with the other game we were talking about we're talking about this week. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. There's a lot of information in the tutorial, and I missed more than half. I'm positive. Because she was still steaming about not being a Klingon. <laughs> Maybe I was. If it was written in Klingon, you'd have found it. Probably. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> actually playing the missions, they were actually very straightforward. There is very few ways you can screw up a mission, in all honesty. Uh, you go, you climb on your ship, your crew says, hey, there's something coming. Would you like to scan it? And then your only option is to scan it. Or, hey, there's a bunch of enemies ahead. Let's go engage them. And you go and you attack them and you do your thing, and that's fine. And, oh, now we need to go land on the planet and go scouting. And then you land on the planet and you do hand-to-hand combat the way that, you know, Star Trek does it with phasers and all that fun stuff. Pew-pew. There's a lot of pew-pew. Yeah. Um, And really, there is very – there's – unless you are a complete noob and you stand there and you don't shoot back and you don't move and you die, there's very little – you can do to screw up a mission. There, it, at, honestly, the, at the early levels, yeah, well, that's, the missions I, are really easy. Yeah, they're like, and the AI in these missions, okay, so I had to follow the Klingons onto this planet where there was, anyway, long story, I was protecting this ambassador guy and the Klingons were attacking this planet, so I had to beam down to the planet and kill the Klingons on the planet. The AI for the Klingons were doing things like dropping bombs at their own feet and, of course, dying from their own bombs and then dropping bombs at the feet of their, um, whatchamacallits, their teammates or whatever. There'd be a crowd of five of them all standing together and the one guy drops a bomb, boom, all five of them are dead. I really don't have to do anything. They just killed themselves. I'll just stand back and hold up a plastic shield. <laughs> Pretty much. I'll stand in this crevice along with the rest of my away team who are following me very, very, very closely, and now we're all stuck. Um, it was interesting. Uh, I I just found it very, I don't want to say linear because it's not a linear game. I just found it very, okay, now we're going to go here and we're going to click the one button, go. And now we're going to go here, we're going to this <laughs> up, button. Following the sound of my voice, a pop-up will appear with all of your choices. Please click one. One choice. (laughs) And the pop-up comes up, and it's one box in the middle of your screen. The the biggest, and that's probably the biggest issue I have with the game, is it's listed as an RPG. There's no role-playing here. You go, you click on the one button. And now, yes, I am early play, early stages. I'm not part of a guild. I'm not, you know, encountering other players, and that's, I know... That's what you're going to say. That's where the RPG comes from. Where you're looking for other players. Because, I mean, two hours ago I was logged in and there must have been 15 people standing around. Oh, yeah. I got invited to and a build. Yeah. And so, yeah. The, uh, it's not. I don't think it's fair to downrate something based on an experience you didn't have if you're not looking to have that experience. No, and I realize that that's how I need to go about getting that experience. But... It would have been nice had there been a little bit more choices in what I was doing. It just felt to me like there wasn't a whole lot of choices. Do you know what I mean? 
I think I know what you what you mean, or at least I think I know what you're trying to say, but I I can't in any way agree because I don't I don't share that thought. <clears throat> I think that the game is simplified at the early levels, which is necessary because of the amount of information that the game provides. Um, I I also know that it's a type of game that traditionally you don't enjoy. You don't enjoy a tactical type of game. The bulk of the game in the early missions, anyways, are you're at you're on the bridge of a starship fighting other starships, and that's sort of the the basic gameplay of the of the of the whole game, at least in the early stages. You fly your ship into a zone, you scan for whatever you're supposed to scan for, uh, anomalies, debris, survivors, enemies, and then engage that target. And, and that's what you do with the ship. And what? then some of the missions, you'll get into the zone, you'll clear off the enemies, then you'll beam down and you'll do the away team missions like you were saying. Could they have been more involved could they have done better things with the away teams yes absolutely but since that's not the predominant portion of the game it's kind of like to the way i'm thinking of it it's kind of like a mini game in the game could they have spent more time on the mini game yes but then it wouldn't have been a mini game it would have been a main game yeah and i i just think that the one thing that i the gotcha about Star Trek, I think, anyway, is that the captains have always had their own way of doing things. And to me, it just feels like there's no other option for me to solve a problem. When the Klingons tell me, you know what, you've got a shapeshifter on board and you better fix it, the only option I have is to say, you're a rotten liar and die. Well, to entice them to say, you're a rotten liar and die. But, I mean, you know, that's the only option that I have if I were actually in this position and if I were a member of Starfleet, I would explore what other options that I might have. Say, okay, I'm obviously here. Starfleet is predominantly a peaceful organization. They want to be peaceful, mostly. Most of them. So would I not go for the avenue of peace to begin with? Would I not have that option to perhaps, okay, maybe we could talk about this before you, you know, uncloak all the rest of your ships and kill me kind of a thing? You know, like, it just would be nice to have that kind of an option. Wait, that doesn't make shoot. any sense. Yeah. It, it's, I don't know, I when I am playing World of Warcraft and I go up to a quest giver who says, go oh, and know, find me five of those, That's... and I say, hey, you look fat in those pants. It's not an option. <laughs> I know, and you're I still wish it was there game. too. You're still playing a game, and it still has to cater. And yeah. if you're following the story quests, then you're going to be directed along the storyline, yeah. which unlocks additional yeah. quests. Yeah. Once you reach a certain point, it becomes almost totally open. You can go where you like and do it the way you like. But in the meantime, if you're following that quest line and that storyline, then you have to follow the storyline the way that it's written. Incidentally, that's one of the things about... Warcraft that I think could be improved upon as well. It would be it's nice to have more few, options, few more dialogue options, role playing choices. Uh, but that's a discussion for another day. Yes, that's okay. That's a how would you and I improve World of Warcraft after they've you know pretty much done watched it, it for eight seven years. years? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, but yeah, I would have liked to have seen that a little bit more. It just it, it was just very restrictive to me. I think that based on your statement, it would be fair to say that. Every single 
MMORPG out there is limited on your options for choices. Unless you're actually playing an actual RPG where you're sitting around a table, pen and pencil, uh, pencil and we'll paper. We'll talk about that later. I, I think that that's really one of the limits of, of computer-based gaming. We'll talk if about it's uh, an AI, then that seems to be the, the problem. We'll talk about that on the next game. Yeah. Yeah, you will. I will. Yeah, yeah I will. No. I will. Because you're going to pull the lever on me again. I am. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so, uh, I mean, otherwise, it did make me feel like I was in the Star Trek universe. I, I wholeheartedly agree with you on that one. Um, it just, it, it everything about it is Star Trek. I can't explain it. It's, I mean, they got the feel yeah. of Star Trek in this game. They really, it, even when you're on non-mission when you just beam down to Starfleet to just wander around the you can wander around the grounds of the academy of Starfleet Academy and go into the Mm -hmm. what would be the the common area and and you can talk to Captain Sulu and I mean there are parts of this game that are in the game that are amazing Mm -hmm. because they're in the game and that's I, I mean at the end of the day that's worth that's worth two points on the on the one to ten scale all by itself. Spock. Yes, yeah, Spock. Okay. Yeah. Spock. Spock is in there. I wouldn't give it a Would seven. It? No. I, I'd probably give it a five. Just because Really? Yeah. It's just You not, really were upset you didn't get to be a Klingon. It was a point of contention. That wasn't all of it. It just I found the entire game very I think I your expectations were way higher than mine. I think so. I, I, so, like I said, I really wanted to like this game. and I, I went I into it was, going, huh, free game, and <laughs> played it. I don't think a free game should be judged on it being free, making it I, better. I think absolutely <laughs> a free game should be judged on it being free. Absolutely. <laughs> I could think of no better criteria. Here are the games I have judged because they're free. Yeah. Here's the games that I've judged because I bloody well paid for them. Yeah. Um, and I can tell you right now that, that – um, I probably would have been a little more critical of the game had I had to pay for it. Mm-hmm. But then if I had paid for it, I'd have played it a lot more. I'd have gotten deeper into the game. Yeah. There would have been extras that had been unlocked that I don't have access to because I'm not bothering to pay for them, et cetera, et cetera. So I think that you know it's a mitigating factor. I'm criticizing it as a free game. I don't really criticize the game. The game mechanics are straightforward. I'm not glitching. I'm not bugging out. Nope. I'm not losing. No, no issues at all. Nothing to that effect. So, as far as the the mechanics of the game are concerned, it's it's fine. It's a, a an excellent product. Would I like to see more features? Yeah, of course. Who wouldn't? Would I like to see more options when I'm interacting in dialogue? Why not? But is that a reasonable expectation, even in a paid game? No, I don't believe that it would be. If I'm looking for wide open interaction in a game, I need to interact with other players. I don't rate that very high on my scale because that's not why I play these games. And so I think that we're scaling it on two different criteria. It's possible, yeah. We're both saying, yep, it has an RPG element. You're saying the RPG element is this and that. And I'm saying I didn't bother because I didn't bother. Yeah. So I, it doesn't factor into it. If I had tried the RPG stuff and had failed, or if I had tried the RPG stuff and had a bad experience, I would have downrated it because of that. But I didn't try it because it's not what I'm interested in. 
It's a free game. It's something I can do to kill a few hours of time. I can fly around a spaceship and pretend that I'm part of the Starfleet. Do I get to be a Klingon? No, not yet, but I will eventually when I hit 25, and then I'm going to fire up a Klingon. I'll be part of the Klingon Federation. The Klingons in the next generation are part of the Federation. Mm -hmm. At the point of this game, they're at war again. Mm -hmm. So there's a few that are in the Federation, and the rest of them are not. I may play it to unlock Klingon just to see how it goes, but I don't. I can't promise that. <laughs> yeah, I so, can't back that up. Yeah, it would be <laughs> nice. I, I, I'd like to see how the Klingon plays, but I don't know if I could sit there for another however many levels I need to do. But I don't see, know. That's where it says, and it says throughout the game and in various other sources that if you party up, if you pair up, if you do it as a group, you get much faster rewards mm-hmm. and it goes much more quickly. Oh, we'll have to try it together. Um, and one of the other features that it has, which, again, the parallels between this game and EVE Online are, as I get deeper into the game, I'm seeing more parallels. I think that the concept was borrowed from EVE. I'm not saying that they, you know, stole it or anything. It's a great idea. You get 20 officers, junior officers, as part of your crew that you get to assign different Mm -hmm. tasks, Mm -hmm. and they do those tasks whether you're logged into the game or not. Yeah. and they have a chance of success, which you get to determine in the game. You sort all that in the game. But when they succeed, the, the reward applies not only to your whole crew, but to you as a character as well. Right. And that, I think, is a fantastic feature because I can do my secondary things, grind my skills, so to speak, mm-hmm. as, you know, I play for two or three hours, I do a couple of battles, fly around, do some missions, interact with some NPCs. Okay, I'm done. Yawn set up my 20 NPCs to do their various things, and I log off. When I log back in in the next couple of days or two or three days later or tomorrow, the results of those missions, those away missions, are logged. Bam, there, I get to see how it all panned out. Did I make the right choices? Did I not make the right choices? And I like that. I really, Mm -hmm. you know, and like I said, there are so many other little things about this game. The space combat, I like the space combat. (laughs) You have to think in three dimensions. You yeah. can't just stand on the ground across from your enemy and I move to the right, move to the left, hit him with a stick. It doesn't work that way. You have to think about your shields. You have to think about your special abilities. You have to you have to keep moving. And I like games like that. Probably disproportionate to the number of games like that that I play because I find it very hard to get a game that is simple enough to play. I can drop in and sit down and play it, but still has a challenge factor in it. This game has that. Will this game maintain that level as I get deeper into the game? I don't know, but I will definitely get back to you on it. All righty. So you give it a 7, I give it a 5. Let's move on to Star Wars The Old Republic. Star Wars. Dun, 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 There's dun, our epic dun, music. Dun, 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 Thank you. There we go. Leave her pulled. Excellent. So, Star Wars The Old Republic, as you guys all well know, it was released in December of last year. It's from BioWare. Um, It is currently free to play to level 15, and they are bringing in a free to play to level 50. The only information is that it's coming in the fall. Um, That's coming with the option to purchase game benefits and subscribers getting steady game benefits and no restrictions. The free to play game right now does have a number of restrictions. Uh, I believe it's interacting with general chat, banking, that sort of thing. Um, so, again, it's also an MMORPG, very similar to many of the other ones that we've played. 
Um, you start off, you could either be Sith or you can be, what's the other one? Imperial? The, yeah. Jedi, whatever. The, the, the two, um, the two basic factions are the Galactic Republic and the Sith Empire. Yeah. So you choose which side you want to play on and then your type of character and off you go. And the colors are red and blue. So guess what color we picked? Yeah, we went Sith. <laughs> That's, you know, not hard to guess. But my issue with the last game, with the role-playing, is solved in this game. And I is it's my number one point for enjoying this game. Because, let me start off, first of all. I did not want to enjoy this game. As much as I wanted to like Star Trek, I did not want to like Star Wars. I didn't. Not because I don't like Star Wars. I love the first three movies. I just didn't want to give George Lucas another dime because he doesn't deserve it. He's a bad man. And so I didn't want to enjoy this He's game. He's not really a man. He's an Ewok in a man suit. Whatever he is, he doesn't deserve any more money. He ruined all of it for me. Anyway, the original three Star Wars are the only things that, only movies, stories that I even care about in Star Wars at this point. So I didn't want to enjoy this game. However... The game is very enjoyable for me, and I do enjoy it. So, there we go. So, basically how it works, it's the same as every other game. You roll your character, you go out, you do your quests, and you earn experience and level up. You gather materials for your crafting. Um, you um, encounter, you have a little helper that aids you along the way, so you have your own party member when you're solo partied. Um, which is quite handy. Which which is quite handy sometimes. <laughs> sometimes the heals really help. Um, and you can designate how you want that helper to help you. Uh, so you can have that person heal you or fight with you or whatever. It's completely up to you. But the one thing that I really love about this game, and it's with the role-playing aspect, is uh, not every quest you do, but a lot of the quests that you do, lean you towards either the Sith or to the um, Jedi side. So it all depends the, on how you answer. The light side and the dark side. Light side and dark side, right. They are Thank separated you. from the two factions, Okay. independent of. All right. So you can go, depending on how you answer the question, and you are presented with options on how you, how to answer every question, um, affects how which side you actually lean towards. Mm-hmm. You could, in theory, play the entire game, I'm certain, be in neutral all the way along if you chose the right answers. Um, and it does tell you which side, which points are going to be, which side are going to be getting what points before you answer. As long as you mouse over to the mouse over the answer, it will tell you which points it's, uh, which side it's favoring. So if you, I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. So if you don't care which side, if you want to go all dark side all the way, you want to mouse over all to the dark side. side all the time. Yes, where they have cookies and they won't give you any. Um, if you want to go all dark side all the time, then you just find the mouse over that gives you a little red icon, and that's the one that you choose, regardless of the answer. So that, I thought, was really cool. So I actually ended up playing my character, giving the answers that I think that I would actually say in that situation. I rolled a bounty hunter, and... uh Decided that it was all going to be all about me and all about the money, as a bounty hunter should, and favoring no particular side. But, you know, I'm a bounty hunter, so obviously there's going to be a little bit of chaos in there somewhere. Um, 
So my answer is kind of favorite that way. And right now I am still fairly neutral. I'm a little bit more dark side than I am light. But it's uh, pretty cool. I rolled a bounty hunter. I rolled a second character as a bounty hunter. And I decided in a similar manner that my answers are going to be based on a character that I have in my mind. Yeah. My character is an honor-bound character. He does what he, – he has no – Moral compunction about killing people, otherwise he wouldn't be a bounty hunter. Yeah. <laughs> but once he says, I will do this, that's it. That's what he's going to do. Yeah. And so there's all no of my choices, him off halfway there's through. no paying him off or bribing him out. And I actually have, I'm like two-thirds of the way down the dark side because of this. Yeah. So interesting how the morality is, if you allow yourself to be bribed, to spare a life, that's a good thing. But if you keep your word and kill somebody, that's a bad thing. Who, well, because who? you're still killing somebody, right? You're not just <laughs> lying back. Anyways. You're not just lying to the person who originally paid you and said, "Yeah, I killed them." Yeah, I killed him. Here's his head. In the meantime, even his head—it's somebody else's head. Planet, you know. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I thought that was a really cool aspect of the game, and I would love to see that in more games. I think that would be freaking awesome. I believe that the concept of opening and closing storylines based on your choices is not new mm -hmm. but this game set out to be the biggest the, the biggest of all time they wanted to do that more context and uh, more content uh, more context for the characters missions mm -hmm. than any previous MMORPG that's out there yeah i think the the only examples that i know of that have a same a, a similar idea with a radial choice where it's I don't know if it's dark side, light side, and neutral or whatever, but the only other game that I know of um, that that has that is the Mass Effect series, mm -hmm. which has the, the, a similar progress where every choice you make affects not only the um, characters that are involved in your party, the NPCs that help you, but also the future choices that you're going to have access to are based on the choices that you yeah. make. Yeah. And I think that concept is the closest thing to approaching role-playing as yeah, I love it. I, get, I think yeah. it's absolutely the probably the best thing about this game is that that feature. There are things about this game that I didn't enjoy, and I'll get to those in a minute. Um, but as far as this game goes, it's very easy to play. There's lots of of um, um, helpful tutorials right at the start, so it didn't take <laughs> me very long to figure out, you know, what kind of stuff I needed to be doing. I don't want to say rotation, but rotation <laughs> i learned that fairly early on um as you know as much of a rotation as you can get at level 10 um but it was there um the the quests weren't too difficult to do there was a couple heroic zones which is interesting um heroic quests which were interesting um where it really made you rely on other players in the zone and being that we were playing this on the free-to-play just to try it out, that made it difficult to find other players in the area to run with because you can't chat in general. You can't chat to anybody who's not on your friends list, um, which was difficult. So there was a few heroic quests that were there that I just wasn't able to complete because and I couldn't get other start in there characters on a free-to-play account if you want to do them with other players that you are that you know in real life, for example, Shakti and Himatep, we would have had to start two characters in the same start zone mm -hmm. in order to do that. That's and, of course, because it was our first time playing the game, we didn't know that. So I rolled a Sith warrior, and she rolled a 
blue hunter. A hunter. Blue, a blue <laughs> bounty hunter. I don't know the blue. races. I, I don't know I, what it was. But, yeah. Um, and we ended up in two totally different zones because it's separated by class, not by race, I guess. I don't know. No, the the races are a little different. The the species are basically the same on both sides. Uh, both sides can play human, cyborg, what's called a Twi'lek, and a Zabrak. Then the Republic-only races are the Miraluka and the Miriallan. And the Empire-only races are the Chiss, the Ratataki, and Sith Pureblood. All right. I think I'm Chiss. And... Yeah, and I'm, I decided to go, since Sith Empire, Sith Warrior, yeah. I went with Sith Pureblood. Yeah, yeah. Um, each faction has their own classes, and each class has its own backstory, and they mm-hmm. have their own branching storylines yep. based on your choices. But they still fit the traditional MMORPG roles, yep. tank, range DPS, melee yep. DPS, healer. Exactly. And um, so... So... And they, ma- they have mirror off, like the Sith Warrior is mirrored against the Jedi Knight. Mm-hmm. That that they're, they're the two, uh, I don't say polar opposites, but they're the two that, that match off if you have a, everybody take your, your mirror opposite. The, the Sith Warrior is going to have a Jedi Knight as a mirror opposite. Um, so uh, questing and all that, very straightforward, fairly easy to do. It's all your standard stuff. Go kill this guy, collect the bounty, go collect... These energy casings go, you know, talk to this guy and whatever. Then you end up on a starship where you actually learn, start learning your trades. This is one of the things where I did not find that this was as good as it could have been. Um, I was looking into the trades to learn, and there is no information in the game whatsoever as to what trades do what. You go and you talk to a skills um, teacher, and you can either learn it or you don't. And if you have prior knowledge of these skills, maybe from a website or whatever, that perhaps would help, but there's nothing for that in-game. I fluked out. I grabbed a, a, a creation skill right off the bat and was able to determine from the recipes in there that I needed a specific gathering skill. So, so I had to actually... A- it was a, a fluke, learn as you go, know what to look I, for. I happened to go yeah. for for one that I was able to, because if I had ga- grabbed the gathering skill and then a production skill that was not matching the gathering skill, I would have no idea. And yeah. the names aren't exactly easy to get. I don't even remember what I did. I think I'm a scavenger and, I don't know, it's like enchanting. Anyway, I can add buffs to my weapons and my gear mm. and... All that. Anyway. <laughs> Star Wars enchanting. Yeah. Whatever that would be called. Metachlorians. <laughs> Bazinga. Uh, oh, I went there. Yeah, you did. Okay. So that was a bit of a pain in the butt. It would have been nice to have at least the the people that I talked to about or to learn these skill trades at least give me some background as to what it's used for, what it, what I would learn to learn from it. Um, that would have been nice. This central hub also allowed you to, um, once you hit level 10, that's usually around the point where you hit that hub, and that's where you get your specializations. Now, your character has 
at least for me, I had a choice of two specializations. And within those specializations, there's three talent trees. Mm -hmm. So That's the same for every class on both sides. Okay. So I chose my specialization, and I happened to be in the queue to go run a dungeon. And having chosen this queue as a DPS... I then chose my specialization and went to my talent tree and my queue popped and suddenly I'm in this dungeon as the healer. And I was like, WTF? Why am I a healer? I have guns. How can I possibly heal people? I have a gun in my holster. I'll go get it. We'll shoot them together. It'll be fun. I was like, I I don't even have any healing skills. Nothing. (laughs) I, I said to the party, I'm sorry. This is not fair to you guys i have no clue what i'm doing i don't know why i'm the healer here i'm gonna leave so i left realized that my specialization gave me a healing talent tree um which makes no sense to me whatsoever as a bounty hunter why would i be a bounty hunter that can heal but anyway um let's just go with it shall we (laughs) (laughs) so uh you know what i i don't anyway (laughs) I went with damage, obviously, because that's what I wanted to do. I had no healing skills whatsoever. So did that, queued again. While I was waiting for the dungeon to pop, I dinged. My queue goes off, and I'm the healer. And I was like, WTF, again, why am I the freaking healer? Turns out that while I when I dinged, it reset my options as to what I wanted to run as in this dungeon. Wholly irritating. Just let me choose DPS and stay that way. Don't change my options in the middle of the queue. Just don't do it. I finally did get into a dungeon and got in as DPS because I was checking my queue like every three seconds <laughs> after every quest, after every exploration experience after everything i did i checked my queue yep still dps i'm still good got in there as dps and i mean i i didn't have worried because there was like no healing necessary but anyway uh got into the dungeon it was interesting how it worked because we all ran up as a group um and uh conversation was dealt with as a group and i'm not exactly sure how the options uh the conversation worked you're given a line of text and then as a group you are to respond and you choose whichever one it is that you want to respond with and then there's a number beside your name i have no idea what those numbers mean but the highest number always was the one to respond and whatever chosen number that was chosen was the response it may have been dice rolls i'm not sure what that number was it is a random number a random number is rolled yeah and then it was an interesting way of doing it, and it felt really cool. It really felt like we were a cohesive group doing it. Um, I didn't feel like there was a tank and a healer in this group, even though there were those roles. We all just pretty much went in guns blazing and lightsabers going and killed everything in our path. But we're also low level, so it could just be a matter of <laughs> what difference does it make, the right? The wrong place at the wrong time. <laughs> But it was cool. It was a fun dungeon to run. Uh, standard need, greed, kind of rolling, that sort of thing. All the same kind of stats that we see in other games. Excuse me. Um, 
but it, I mean, it was a great time, and I had a lot of fun running the dungeon. Um, I was going to talk about something else. PvP. That was the other thing I was going to talk about. In this game, super fun. <laughs> super fun. I was in a dungeon. Uh, not dungeon. I was in a PvP battle, and it was where you capture a ball and you have to run to the other side of the court, essentially. It was like rugby, only you were killing people along the way instead of tackling them. And super fun. Holy cow. I was in there with at least level 30s. That was the highest level I found in, in that group. Um, so obviously The level range went from... It was fairly high disparity. Yeah. So you were... Because you were level... 15, I was level 10 at the time. Level 10, and there was a level 30 in the same battleground. In the same battleground. And no issues. I mean, I had plenty of kills. I held my own against other players. It was, I don't know if it was evened out going into the PvP battle. I don't think it would have been. I wonder how that, would, how that works. That would be something for more. Uh, but it was great fun. I actually did a couple of PvP battles. Did another one where we had to capture three points in on the map. We lost, but it was fantastic. I learned that it's super easy to kite those with the lightsaber. Super easy. Holy cow, that was fun. Um, but it, it, I like it better than I like it in Warcraft. It just was maybe it was because I was playing a bounty hunter, and they're just one of those classes that are meant for PvP, much like a hunter is in Warcraft. But I, I don't know. It just was. Great fun, and I would definitely go and do that again. So if I wanted to make a hunter in World of Warcraft called Bounty, would anyone get the joke? Probably. <laughs> That's not that clever, really. Yeah, but I would enjoy it. I would laugh. Because <laughs> that's yeah. just the way I am. The other thing I didn't like about this game, and it's based on the role-playing information that you get, the role-playing choices that you get, there was a hint of it, and... My choices steered very clear away from it, so maybe it was just because of my choices I didn't see it very very often, but there was hints of having a romantic relationship with your companion. That's announced as possible in the game. Yeah. To me, that is not something that is necessary in this game. I don't know why it's there. It's the one thing in the Star Wars stories that I think is just, not necessary, you know, I don't care, just give me the good shoot 'em up story and leave it at that. Maybe that's just me. I don't know. I, I don't see how that's beneficial to the game. If I wanted a relationship, I would go play some other game. I would go outside and meet real people. <laughs> I was thinking I would go play Sims or something. I don't know. <laughs> this would not be the game that I would want to it's just not and it's not even a real character it's not even like it's another person controlling your companion your companion is controlled by your computer yeah you know by the system i can understand loyalty Stick it to the man to the companion but to have a romantic relationship it just to me it that entire idea just kind of turned me off it just was not something that i was interested in not to say that it's a bad thing and i maybe they're trying to appeal to a different market I don't know. Who knows why developers do these things? It's just not something that I thought was appealing in this game. Yeah, well, I liked the game. Uh, again, I liked it 
I graded it as a free-to-play game, so I didn't have very high expectations. There were... Uh, it was quick to play. You jump right in, and bam, you start playing. And uh, I, I started two characters. I had a Sith Warrior, which I jumped in, and I had a lot of fun playing the Sith Warrior. Uh, and I made a Bounty Hunter. And I also had a lot of fun playing the Bounty Hunter. Um, I found that it had a fairly short learning curve relative to a lot of the other games out there, particularly a lot of the games that we've played over the last couple of months. Yeah. Very, very short learning curve. Uh, run up, hit number one. Hit number one. Hit number one. That's pretty much combat right there. Um, Want to get fancy? Hit three. Hit hit number. I didn't have a three. I only have. Oh yeah. One. Oh okay. Um, the the relatively intuitive. The controls are fairly straightforward. They're very similar to many other MMORPGs that are out there. Uh, um, so the the basic motion controls, the combat controls, were all basically the same. Uh, it's a reasonably useful UI. It's very clean. There's not a lot of extraneous information in the UI. Um, map navigation uh, was was quite pleasant. I could open up my map, and the minute I started to move, the map dimmed so I could see through it while I was moving. Yeah, that uh, was cool. That made it quite handy because there were some parts in that in that game world where I didn't have any clue where I was supposed to go or how I was supposed to get there. And so while the maps themselves weren't very good, the interface with the map, I liked, uh, I liked that a lot. And I really liked, and I don't know how else to describe it because I don't remember what they called it in the game, but I really liked the Hearthstone option where I clicked yeah. on my Hearthstone and I got to pick where I went. Mm-hmm. That I liked. That is cool. Hello, Blizzard. Take a hint from that one. Yeah. Um, that one was, I, I just think that that was excellent because that really, that took a lot of the, the dead time, the downtime in this game. In any new game is running back to cash in a quest. And with this option, I click, I go all the way deep into the map I hit the button and I come back to the midway point, cash in a quest, jump on the speeder bike and fly back to the start and cash in the next bunch of quests. I really liked all that. What I didn't like on this game, cutscenes after almost every, every NPC. Every NPC, it didn't matter whether it was a quest or not. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm getting more information. I have a cutscene. I'm ex- encountering somebody for the first time. I get a cutscene. I'm about to turn in a quest. I get a cutscene. I've turned in the quest. I get a cutscene. <laughs> I mean, wow, really? Ah, oh, too many cutscenes. Too much. The problem uh, is you can't really walk away from the cutscenes because I might give you an option to say Because you something. have to listen. Well, and you have to listen because yeah. there's no repeating. Yeah. This this information is there and then it's gone and that's mm-hmm. it, mm-hmm. which I really didn't like. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no sense of connectedness with the overall Star Wars saga. There's no Spock. This is also a thousand years before... This is Star Wars. this is thirty five hundred years before whatever the, it is whatever it's a long time Star Wars films, but that's for me that's part of the problem, right? Mm-hmm. I want to be a Jedi so that I can go to Dagobah and get trained by Yoda, not so that I can be on some backwater planet somewhere performing sentry duty for some guy I've never I've never heard of before. If I want a meaningless, mindless job, it's not going to be as a Jedi Knight. Okay. That, to me, is a big disappointment. I did not feel like I was part of 
an empire. I felt like I was a guy running around on a planet with a stick. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it didn't. There was uh, the, the only iconic item that I saw up to the level eight that I played it. Uh, the second character was the the little speeder bikes from the uh, the Return of the Jedi series, where they're in the forest with the Ewoks and they're on the speeder bikes, the little wheelless motorcycles racing around. Mm-hmm. That's how you got from point A to point B on the planet in the start zone for the hunters. That's the only item, other than the occasional lightsaber that you see on NPCs, that's it. Everything else was generic. It was it was it, it was the same color. I think they just used different shades of brown for everything. Uh very one directional uh you know, the Sith Warrior quest line was go into that building and find these things. And you go in and you go as far as you can go to the right, which is not very far, and you're in a dead end. Oh, there's your quest item, so you pick it up. And then you come back and cash it in. Then it says, oh, go and find so-and-so. So you go in and you find the next guy, and he's the other way. And you go all the way through, and then, boop, you're out of the building, and now you're supposed to carry on and cash in your quest out the other way. And if you missed something or didn't finish the bonus quest or just decided, hey, I want to level up, and the only, no, only known location to level up is, is all the way back at the start of that first part, you got to walk all the way. I, I tried to hop off the ledge down into the zone. No go. Not going to happen. I'm a friggin' Jedi. I'm a Sith warrior. I can leap and attack 40 yards. That's somebody I can barely spit on. But I can't drop one body length down from a platform? Come on. Really? This was uh, – these were little little in-game quirks. Yeah. Do they go away once you get out of the start zones, once you get out of that? I doubt it, but it's possible. Mm-hmm. Um I had really low inventory space, and I realize it's free to play, and there's a restriction on what you can get. But really, I could hold like nine items or something like that. I didn't see any other option other than to purchase using to purchase your game coins to purchase extra space. There was not like you could pick up an extra thing that would give you more slots or whatever, yeah. or your companion have a forbid gonna... to carry something, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, it's odd. You know, even in in World of Warcraft, if you're playing on the uh, free to play version of that, you kill a thousand boars, you're going to pick up a couple of spare yep. bags. Yep. So I mean, it's and they have quest rewards with more bag space in mm-hmm. World of Warcraft now. So I mean, eh, really, no bag space, and the only way I can get bag space is to buy it. Really, do we need to spend more money on this? Come on. Uh, so very low inventory. In-game currency, though, it's not outside a game. I mean, if you were to spend real money on the currency outside of the game, yeah, three thousand. But it's credit. like five thousand credits to buy a bag slot. Yeah, or, or five thousand credits, or whatever, whatever it was. was. It's like, wow, yeah, wow. Yeah. That's like you're gonna max out your character and still not have any bag space <laughs> on this free to play. Mm-hmm. So they want you to to not be convenienced in any way. Yeah. Um. Uh, that, uh, in fairness, now I will say that that's a forgivable quality. Yeah. They want you to play the game. They want you to pay to play the game. It is a business, after all, and they're in the business of making money. So, um, <clears throat> quest monotony. Holy cow! I thought that other games were bad for this. This game, the the, the quests are easy. There's a lot, easy. a lot of pizza delivering quests. But it's the same stuff. Run over there. Hand that item to him. Now, stoop over and pick that other one up. Now, hand it to me. Now, go over there. Talk to that guy. Then come right back here 
and talk to me. Go. And you can't do that all in one swing. You got to do each one with a cutscene. Oh my god. <laughs> really? Really? I wanted to pull out a lightsaber and gut myself. It was horrible. It was a horrible experience. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's funny. What I liked about the game, I liked. And I enjoyed the game for what it was. It was a free-to-play game that was based on, loosely in my opinion, based on the Star Wars universe. There is really nothing in the Star Wars universe that separates it from any other universe other than the character interaction with those iconic characters from the movies, the Darth Vaders, the Boba Fetts, the Luke Skyswalker, all of those characters. If you're not interacting with those characters or in, in some way with somebody who is, you know, I am running with Biggs. <laughs> we all know Biggs. See, I see a smile come to Shakti's face right away. I'm adventuring with the young Biggs right now, and she knows who Biggs is because he was the guy that... that interacts with Luke in the first uh, mm-hmm. in the first Star Wars that was released not mm-hmm. episodically but chronologically uh, so that would add a certain measure of continuity or, or, or connectedness to the game I this is this to me it just doesn't feel you can't just slap labels on it and say this is Sith and this is Jedi and now it's a Star Wars game I mean obviously you can because that's what it feels like they've done I I don't feel like I'm part of that universe. Even, like, all right, so stick me on Tatooine or on Hoth or on some recognizable piece of real estate. Put me in, you know, oh, yes, the, the huts, yes. I had, I had, uh, I, I'm recalling now that some of your earlier missions as a bounty hunter are for Jethro Tull the Hut. Yeah. And whatever his name is. Whatever his name is. It doesn't matter. It's big not fat ooze guy. He's a great big slug. A um, little bit of salt cleanses us of this deed. And it, it just didn't it, – it, it, it didn't feel like Star Wars. I didn't feel like I was going to suddenly become a hero. I contrast that with the Star Trek one. I didn't – I wasn't captain of the Enterprise, but I didn't – I didn't expect to be at that point in the game, but I felt like I had that potential. I, I saw that vista opening before me, whereas with this game, with this huge, big, wide-open possibility and nothing, there's not even a – I don't even hear the crickets, just the vastness of space. And I've, I just found that a little disappointing, that there wasn't yeah. something to connect you to the yeah. – to the game. And that's where the difference between Sportor and, and Warcraft would be different. At least we encounter Thrall, we encounter Varian Rin. They're a part of our daily... Yeah. Yep. Go into the throne room and right-click on them and get them to tell you to go away. Yep. I mean, I mean we, busy we encounter right now. these go things away. all the time. So I mean, even the Star Trek one, admittedly, it's, it's one spot removed, but Spock, Spock, mm-hmm. you have Spock advising you as you go through the game you can talk to sulu if you're a fan of star trek that's huge that's right up there with with talking with yoda or or interacting with uh, the ghost of obi-wan it's it's immediate it's right there you're actually six degrees of separation from the actual heroes that drew us to these in the first place Mm -hmm. 
Star Trek has it. World of Warcraft has it. Lord of the Rings has it. This game does not. Yeah. So what do you give this game? Uh, I wanted to score it better because I didn't want people to think I was being unfairly critical of it. I gave it a five and a half out of ten. It's oh, a really? it's a loose five and a half because I didn't really play very far into it, and I was already instead of just letting it take me for the ride, I was already starting to go. Well, that's kind of bad. I don't like that. <laughs> and I know myself that when I start to get critical, uh, I've reached that point where all right, there's a reason why I'm critical. There's not enough. I don't want to say story because really, even with all the cutscenes, there was no story. Mm-hmm. It was just cutscenes to say, hey, go over there and pick up that rock and bring <laughs> it over to me. And then go over there and get that, that other rock and bring it over to that other guy. I don't need a cutscene for that. You want to have a cutscene, it should be emphatic. It should be to symbolize something. I mean, do we need to talk about Wrathgate? No. An in-game cutscene? <laughs> no. Which was? I scored it much higher, actually. I gave it an eight. I'm not surprised that you would. Yeah. Honestly, in all reality, had I been playing this game at the same time as I was starting out, wow, I would have a very hard time deciding who would get my $15 a month. It would be very difficult for me to decide. I think you would probably choose this game. I probably would. I probably would. In all fairness, I think you would probably choose this game. As much as I love Elves and Dragons, I very likely would have chosen this game. I really had a great time playing it, and I look forward to playing it, continuing to play it. You got to test test some of the parts of this game that I haven't tested yet, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and much the same as I've tested some of the parts of Star Trek that you haven't tested. But I think that if we look at it, really, I think that that's the way that it's always going to be. I always (laughs) prefer Star Trek over Star Wars. And in fairness now, Prior to actually observing these games independently and being critical and looking at the game as a as a, a review, if you had asked me six months ago which one I preferred, I'd have said absolutely without hesitation, it's a 50-50. I don't prefer either one. I enjoy them both. I do. And I think that as far as a movie franchise is concerned, as far as a TV show is concerned... I think that that would still be a more or less true statement. Yes, I I enjoy both. Would I turn off Star Wars to turn on Star Trek? I, de- I guess it would depend on which episode of Star Trek we're talking exactly. about, which movie, and which movie, which episode or movie of Star Wars we're talking about. Because exactly. some of them are going to be easier to turn off than others. Yes, but, they are. And I think that that, that is really where that, that balance came from. But when you talk about the games... I am deeply, firmly, and squarely in the Star Trek camp. Mm-hmm. It brings more of the feel of of the atmosphere of the of the environment than Star Wars did for me, and it has more of what I enjoy in a game than than Star Wars. Star Wars was just really, I'm a tank. I, whether I'm a Sith warrior or a paladin, I'm a tank. I run forward. I absorb damage. Other people kill things. The healer keeps me alive. We move forward, re- rinse, repeat, win. How are it's we doing? It's a good doing formula, anything? though. It does, it's a it's great insane. formula, and I'm not criticizing the formula. But I'm already giving my fifteen dollars a month to Wow. I'm not going to switch over yeah. and give fifteen yeah. month, fifteen dollars a month to uh, anyone else yeah. to do the same thing. Which I, is why we haven't tried game, out this game earlier, honestly. And I'll be totally honest, and I said this in 
our guild chat when before Sortor came out, I said, I'm not playing it. Mm-hmm. If they release it as a free-to-play or I have a free inv- invite to try it, I will gladly give it a try. And I did, and I will continue to play it mm-hmm. free. And I'm not saying that now that I've done it, I wash my hands of it. Uh, no, no, no. I have other classes to try. I'm going to try the uh, uh, um, galactic side. I'd like to try the other side and see how the Jedi plays. Maybe I'll find what I'm looking for on that side. Maybe maybe in playing... a. a um, what's the uh, the Han Solo class smuggler? I'll play a, a smuggler, and that'll be what I what I want. Oh yes, that 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 answers it, and I'll go from a five and a half to an eight myself. But, just make sure you shoot first. You know, shoot first, and don't bother asking questions later. Just leave change on the counter to clean up the mess. Mm-hmm. I think that it it could have delivered more than it did, and I think. It really seems like they relied more on the name Star Wars and the epic theme music than on any real content. I, it just will I feel that way at level fifty when and uh, when they eventually get around to doing that. I I don't know. Is there more to the game outside of of this running around with a with a pew pew and a and a zoo zoo zoo? I don't know, but you know, I I'd like to think that there's more to it. I know all kinds of people, and Shakti knows all kinds of people that raved about this game before it launched. They raved about the game after launch. They raved about the game for a, a month or two, and then they stopped playing the game. Yeah. And I don't know, is that they finished it, and now there's nothing left to do, or they just got tired of paying for two different games, and they had to choose one or the other, or or what what the actual deciding factor was. But if I had to guess, and that's what I'm doing right now, I'm guessing <laughs> I'm guessing that they stuck with the game that already did all the same things that Sortor does and does better. That's not to say that Blizzard can't learn a couple of things from Bioware not. on this game. Absolutely not. Just toss that out there. To, uh, I'm looking forward to some of those changes being implemented, hopefully. Cough, cough. I'd like to see, I'd like to see some, some of these things brought in. You know, if they like could bring in that Hearthstone thing, if they could bring be. in that role-playing faction-leaning thing, that would be. But it I doesn't have any place in World of Warcraft. They'd have to totally redo no, the game. You're absolutely right. No, but there's no, there's no, there is no inherent light side, dark side morality. No, but you could lean towards the Horde versus the Alliance. You but that's but the faction. But that's the whole thing, and that's really something important to mention. Light side and dark side are totally disconnected from the the Galactic Republic and the Sith Empire. You can be Sith Empire, Sith Warrior, and be firmly in the light side. And you can be a uh, uh, Jedi Knight and be totally dark side. It, it, it's, it's open on purpose. It adds an element to the game that enhances the storytelling, I guess, or it enhances the the uh, companion interactions. We don't have companions in World of Warcraft, not in-game companions at any rate. We don't have an underlying plus or minus energy force that we need to appease or or go with. So there is nothing that they could have brought that in on with that game. Would it be interesting to see a radial choice affect your standing with your rep? So I go in to turn in a quest with my quest quest giver, and I, he says, oh, well done, Himotep. 
do you, uh, you know, do you have any comments? And I have the choice of saying, yeah, you're a douche, or B, this was the best experience of my life, or C, just give me the money and tell me where else Please, I need to go. Please, can I go collect more pig livers yeah. for you? Yeah, I would love to go scrape more crap out of the dirt. Uh, then, yeah, that would be interesting, and I would like to see something like that implemented that rather than fantastic. just, I yeah. did the quest, give me my money, and we move on. Yeah. If you're going to have quests and you're going to have storyline, then maybe have a little fun with it. But yeah. I also realize that that's a tremendous amount of work, and yeah. we're talking a game that's already 30 gigs. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's already huge. It doesn't really need that. If yeah. people want that social interaction, then they will go into – Orgrimmar, or they were going to Stormwind, and they will go into everybody's favorite chat forum, Trade. And, uh, you know, if you want to just bash on things, then you're probably not going to be playing an MMORPG in the first place. You're going to be probably playing a Tekken 4 or something, you know. So, anyways. All right. So why don't we move on then? I think we've pretty much done these two games to death. We're running yeah. very late today. Sorry oh. about that, guys. Sorry, listeners. Yeah. See? Not really. The boss that just doesn't stop talking. We blame him, Odette. So, some titles to look for in September. And look who's talking now. Would you just stop? See? Stop. <laughs> uh, September 4th, Far Cry 3 for the PC, PlayStation, and Xbox is being released. September 5th, the next expansion for Lord of the Rings Online, Riders of Rohan for PC. That's coming out. Uh, September 18th, Borderlands 2 for the PC, PlayStation, and Xbox. And September 25th, the only game that really matters in this entire list, Mesa Pandaria from World of Warcraft. That's being released. And, of course, that's PC. Any final comments? Uh, I'm actually looking forward to giving uh, Far Cry, Far Cry 3, a try. I'm interested in and giving that a go. I'm not traditionally fond of first-person shooter style games on a console. However, since we've both been uncomfortably getting outside the box. Very uh, uncomfortably. Uncomfortably getting outside the box, but doing it. Doing it nonetheless. Just wanted to roll a Klingon. Just, just one. Let it go. Just let it go. Just let it go. In with the good. Out with the bad. There you go. It's circular. <laughs> it's circular. So what? Why don't we close off the episode, episode 13. Yay. Yay. If you have any comments or questions, anything you want to say to us at all, we welcome anything from you. That would be fantastic. Talk to us. Contact us on our blog, spot, uh, blog site at rollingforloot.blogspot.com. You can find us on Facebook as Rolling for Loot and, of course, on Twitter as at Rolling for Loot. Everybody out there, thanks for listening. I'm Himotep. And I'm Shakti. See you next time. Okay. Okay, okay, okay. All right, okay, okay. Okay, okay. Okay, okay. 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 All right, that was silly. Okay. Okay. Okay.